Hello, everybody. Good morning. Happy Saturday, wherever you are in the world. Actually, I should be saying good evening and good night to some people um, who join us regularly. This is Girl Club. We are a place where real girls have real talk about real issues and seek to apply real faith. So, uh, you know, I always say Girl Club is is such an interesting thing in my life and in the lives of my regular Girl Club tribe, whom all of you know, Christina Reynolds, who's joining me today. Uh, she's a worship leader, um, a friend, a sister in Christ, a songwriter, an incredible singer, and a teacher. And she's also an awesome wife and mother. And I, I got it. She's actually good at everything she does, even though she doesn't often give herself credit for being as great as she is. <laughs> but but uh, it's just Christina and I today, Nova, Nova Page and Christina Boudreaux are, well, Christina Boudreaux is currently vomiting over a toilet because she's uh, ill. <laughs> and hopefully she's watching because that will make her laugh because of her crazy sense of humor. She'll love that I said that she's actually throwing up right now. So everybody, please send your prayers up for our girl CB. And Nova Page is in Nashville where I am a lot of the time, but I am not today. Today, and the reason we call Girl Club for Spiritual Chicks on the Go is because literally we are four chicks who are always on the go. Christina, you're now joining me from California. I'm in California today. We actually see each other later today, which is really, I know, which we're both really looking forward to. And we're just happy to be here with you guys this morning and to talk about some things that the Lord's been brewing um, in, in my heart for us to talk about today. But um, before we get started, I just like to remind you guys to look below and subscribe. Um, if you're on Cynthia Garrett Ministries' YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button because you can then send us your comments, send us your questions, um, log in while we're uh, live as we are now. And we want to we want to we want to include you in our dialogue. We want to include your thoughts, you know, in our dialogue. And we want to know how you're growing, you know, and we want to know what your struggles are, because the thing we try to do around here is be really transparent about our struggles and our victories. And hopefully what we all learn as we fellowship together um, and study the word is that iron sharpens iron. And you're not alone out there in what you're going through at all. So, hey, Christina, how goes hey. it today? <laughs> I'm very good, actually. I'm, oh, I just love waking up in California where the sun is strong and bright. I, yeah. And you are, I'm just, <laughs> there are years of stress off of you right now. <laughs> yes. No, there literally are. There's been a lot of stress in the last two years. So now it's like, ah, relax a little bit. I know your times here are always, they always seem to be a blessing to you guys. In some ways. Yeah. Yes. Precious, precious to us for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for, um, you know, finding a background you could set your computer in front of this morning. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> right. If we turn the cameras around, you guys, the, the, oh, the, the spiritual chicks on the go part gets really real. <laughs> Like really real. I'm 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 currently moving this house to another house, and um, whoa! I'm sitting in the middle of like it looks like it looks like U-Haul meets nuclear disaster. That's what it looks like where I am. But anyway, I, you know, I'd also um, 
Before we get started, I'd also like to actually send a quick prayer to all of our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Um, I don't think anyone watching uh, is unaware of what's going on. For us, it's seems like the other side of the world. But for some of you in Europe, it's just next door. So um, if I talk about it too much, I'll start crying because I think it's so, so sad uh, what's going on there. And I think it's so, so sad that it's never enough for people in power. Like, it's just never enough. I want more. I want that country back. I want that back. I want those arms. I want Like, it's so weird mm-hmm. how people think they can just determine the course of other people's lives. And so um, I just want to pray for what's going on. And Lord, I just ask that you would bring a spirit of revival. (sighs) Save Putin, bring revival to Russia, bring revival to the Ukraine. Lord, drop your spirit and your hand heavily upon what's going on over there. Let nothing occur that is not within your will. And anything that does occur, Lord, use it. Use all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purposes, especially in those countries right now. And we pray for the safety of the women and children and men who are all putting their lives on the line to fight for what they believe in, in Jesus name. Amen. Just wanted to start there. Crazy, crazy. So I'm glad, um, I'm glad to see you here in California. And a lot of times it's interesting. We take for granted, being safe in so many places in the world, right? Right, our freedom, for sure. Yeah, and, and 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 it's interesting. We have the freedom always in Christ to do things that a lot of people don't feel released to do, like birth new vision. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of something I wanted to talk about. And it's crazy that you said this resonated with you, <laughs> but of course it doesn't necessarily surprise me. We always seem to be in sync. But today, I want all of you watching to think about this birthing new vision. And, you know, we opened the year speaking a lot about transition and change. (laughs) And boy, it's almost prophetic sometimes. You know, Christina, it's like we talk about transition or change and then something occurs and you're like, oh, he was preparing me. Right. You know, and what, right. And what is he, what is he preparing us for? And so then something will occur and you can get upset about it in a moment or you step back from it, get some perspective, pray, talk to the Lord, struggle with the Lord, vent it out with the Lord. And then what he, what he will say to you or what he will do is drop new vision in. So that you can see that the transition and the change is actually part of blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, it's really crazy because I feel like I'm at this stage of this. Actually, someone was like, is it really a transition or is it more a transformation unto the next? Because we usually think transition. Okay. We're shifting into something new, but really is it, I want to pose the question of, is it actually, is it actually, are you shifting to something new or are you actually being transformed so that you can take on, you know, something great? What exactly the Lord has for you? And right now, 
personally, I am feeling like you said, there's this struggle period, this difficulty where you go before the Lord and you are in massive pain, you know, within that transformation process. And I am in that. So when I read this, or when I read your kind of like briefing on what we're going to be talking about today, I just really resonated with, I guess, the pain of transformation. It isn't like, oh, this, the caterpillar just suddenly becomes this beautiful butterfly. It's like the things that the details that come along or the process is it literally melts itself to its, to, uh, to like everything besides its vital organs. And it, it has to die and it actually eat itself or sustain itself with itself to, in order to be completely transformed. Like it's, it's a really gory, painful process you know, but, but the trans or a butterfly to become yes. to come out of the cocoon. Right. Right. And um, so, so your whole thing about birthing you vision and even just the, the imagery of birth, childbirth is not a piece of cake. No, it is really hard and it's very painful. So no, I, I mean, I would love to talk about it because we always talk about, Oh, birth, new vision. Like it sounds so great on the back end, but like the process of what you have to go through to get there is incredibly difficult and it takes endurance and perseverance. I mean, completely, you know, it's like it, because most people discount that there are stages of development right. in spiritual vision, just mm-hmm. like there are stages of development to birth a new company, stages of development for sure to birth a child, to bring yeah. life into the world. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, to me, I always think about it. Everything I think about is childbirth because in all honesty, the greatest birthing that you can do. And men don't, men don't understand it inside their own body. But I think men who've had a child, they understand it because they've gone through it with their wives, you know, and they know like, whoa, I mean, they, they learn some sort of reverence for it. We learn something completely differently. I think, I mean, we are so blessed, you know, to in, in childbirth, I really believe, but you know, there are there are in these in these steps of spiritual vision right there's conception so where you get you get the idea you get pregnant with the idea you conceive an idea and then there's development mm-hmm. where i begin i believe you begin to workshop the idea you begin to you know uh develop the idea see if the idea has legs you know um and then the next steps are travail and transition, right? Travail is labor, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and the transition is actually about getting the baby out of you, right? Because the that then comes the the birth of the vision or the birth of the child. And mm-hmm. you know, I was looking at Isaiah sixty six verses five to eleven, and um, even that said something interesting. Anna, if you have it to put up on screen, let's take a look at it. Hmm. Pretty interesting, you know. While Anna, while Anna's loading the uh, the the scripture in, it's easy. It's easy. I think to conceive of an idea is um, simple mm-hmm. in some ways because you, especially when you're tuned into the Holy Spirit, right? Because you yeah. know that the Holy Spirit drops a song into you. I, I'm assuming like you get it, kind of like an inspiration yeah. from mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. That's kind of how I get everything. It's like the idea drops into my spirit. And then as I begin to, to workshop it in my brain with the Lord, I can usually see that it has like three legs, you know, 
It needs if, if it's an animal. So you need four. Let's say two <laughs> legs and deal with humans here. So it has one leg usually. And if it has one leg, I know that God can make it walk because he'll grow the second leg, so to speak. But it, it's the travail. It's the it's the labor, you know, before the birth. I think that most of us, we, you know, we don't want to talk about. We often, you know, I've often heard pastors say like, don't give up right before the miracle. Mm. You know, don't give up in the 23rd hour. And the, the problem is the reason why people give up or never start at all is because that 23rd hour is hard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know what your childbirths were like. <laughs> well, with my second, I had a, a, I had a natural birth and it was, I mean, to this day, I'm like, I don't want to go through that ever again. Right. So you feel like you can't do it. And then it happens, you know? Um, <clears throat> but I just want to like, even, oh, I have two things to say, but what's interesting is that everyone talks about once you have your baby and they come out, um, you, you get this like high, this like elation of like, Oh, my baby. And all the pain is gone. That, that did not happen to me. I was like, please, someone else hold this baby so I can recover because that was how traumatizing birth was for me. I didn't get yeah. that. Oh, I love you so much. It took me a few hours later to be able to like, truly like be in the moment and like, you know, and start to bond with her because I was in so much pain. I'm so happy you said that <laughs> because I got to tell you what my experience. So my, my only son, only for a reason, because of the pain. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I'm the oldest of six kids by my mom and dad. And my mom always said to me, you know, cause I would say, mom, you had six kids, like, well, and she's like, oh, it gets easier. Ah, you don't feel the pain, ah, blah, blah, blah. So I really believed her because obviously if a woman who has six children tells you you never feel the pain, it's easy, you know, you get over it, it's pain you forget. That's what she'd say. You forget it right away. Ah, I have well, not she, forgotten. No, she must have been telling the truth, right? Because there were six of us. Right. Right? <laughs> no, she's actually crazy and she lied. And I have to tell you, when I had Christian... It was so painful. Christina, it was so, it was 14 hours of the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life, ever. And then when he was born, I could barely walk. I had stitches from stem to stern. I mean, it was like, it was so horrendously difficult. My childbirth was so painful. And I remember the, I, the baby was in the nursery. I, literally crawl, like crawled almost down the the hospital corridor cuz my I, my son was born in Italy and my mom was on a was was leaving the next morning to get cuz you know she had to get a flight to come so i hold my it, 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 this is all in my book prodigal daughter actually i'm not sure if this i think this story is too but the whole reason why my mother was flying to come the next day so i i'm holding the wall to support myself i cuz i could barely walk I get to a phone and I call my mom collect on a phone. Gosh, so long ago, I called my mom collect on a pay phone from Italy. And I, and she answered the phone. Hi, are you okay? And this is what I said. Cause I couldn't get anything else out. You lied. Mom. <laughs> you lied. And she was like, huh? I was like, mom, I'm dying. Like I, <laughs> I, I 
was crying. It was so painful. And so we talked for a few minutes. She talked. She comforted me. I crawled back to my hospital bed. And it was weeks before I would actually physically feel better. And of course, the joy of your child. Yeah, you've finally given birth. And obviously, I mean, the joy overcomes it in so many ways. But I've never forgotten the pain, ever. And it it shocked me. Yeah. I was done. I was like, I'm not having any more. No more birth kids. There's enough of me to go around. I'll give myself away to other people's children and, and kids who don't have moms. But I, I, that, whew, yeah. he is my one special, I call him. <laughs> he is my one special. And, and But, you know, when you think about that, it's like, um, Anna, do you have Isaiah 66 verses 5 to 11 up? I want to. And then load Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3 as well. Can you pull up Isaiah? I just want, because I know, I yeah, yeah. Hear the word of the Lord, you that tremble at his word. You brothers that hate it, you're, oh God, you're King James. Oh gosh. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my, for my name's sake said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, said the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith your God. Rejoice you with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all you that mourn for her. That ye, that ye may suck, nurture, and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. Oh my gosh. Okay, next time I'll say, please not in King James, because if it were for King James, I would not be saved. Let's just be real. It's just too, too difficult to understand. No, I, I no, in, in, the, in the, yeah, I, I get it. Travail in the King James version of Ecclesiastes 5.3 is actually kind of more what I was going for there, Anna. I did. I'm talking to Anna, you guys, she's behind screen. I didn't give you a version. I should have told you to use NIV or something, but it doesn't matter because I think everyone understood. Basically, before we give birth to a child, before we give birth to a dream, to a vision, to a company, some of you are birthing careers. Some of you are in the travail of already having conceived and developed something, an idea, a project. And you're literally, you're trying to push it into the world. And it's a struggle. And you have to understand that travail in the King James Version of Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3 states, for a dream cometh through the multitude of business. Okay, what does that mean? The meaning of the word multitude here is great. So for a dream comes through the great, through great business, great work, great difficulty, great travail. Um, according to one Hebrew definition, business means travail or difficulty. Think about that. Business, for those of you who are trying to birth businesses, 
business literally means travail or difficulty. Mm. That hit me as so deep because even as a creative person, right, Christina, you know, and I've seen you produce and, and release records. Even as a creative person, you understand that there's a business aspect to what you're doing. And, and in the creative process, there's also the creative aspect to what you're doing, which requires travail as well and difficulty. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that there's just no way to birth vision spiritually, to birth a child, to birth anything on a spiritual level without an intense amount of labor. Mm -hmm. Right. Labor pain. Right. Right. And something that just kind of made me think just now is that it isn't, it isn't travail that you conjure up yourself. You know what I mean? You can do that. And a lot of people in the world do that, you know, without Christ, like there is an element that you can birth something within yourself, within your own power, your own strength. But there's something that happens that I feel like is it releases some of the worry, the anxiety of birthing a dream or a vision is that in the natural progression, like let's look at like pregnancy and, and, um, labor unto birth transition. And then the actual pushing part, like that really all has been laid out by the Lord and natural law. Scientifically, your body will naturally do it. Sometimes you have to have interventions, you know, all that stuff. But for the most part, like God has a determined path for the way things work. So like when you're in sync with him, he, that, that labor will come, you know, and like as Christians, we follow him and we, you know, we lean into him and we follow his leadership. And like, for us, we have to say yes to that. You know, I think there is a crossroads where you go, I'm going to say yes to this within a relationship of Christ. And I think that is, ah, I hate to say it. I think that's kind of the hard part in Christianity because we're not taught that we actually have to suffer to get to the other side. You know, we think Jesus is here to make my life better. He should just make my dreams come true. And that is such like an opposite representation of what being in relationship with Christ is, you know? And I think that's how my mind is getting blown now. How like American, American Western Christianity has been incredibly self-serving. So when a lot of people get to this point of like vision, because I believe God gives everyone vision, a lot of people will walk away because they are not willing to do the labor takes. yeah or labor through what it takes to get to the other side of fullness and like everything that you were literally created to walk in you know right so i mean I don't know. it's 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 interesting i'm learning so much about suffering and viewing it as an opportunity other than just when will this be over like my life is no like he is leading you it's a natural progression this is not outside of his will. It's not even, it's not even always an attack from the enemy. Sometimes it's just the testing of your character. It's the testing of your salt of your faith, you know, to walk through that. You know, so interesting. It's like, so we're talking about, right. The four stages of spiritual development, conception, development, travail, and transition. And of course the transition is when the baby comes out, right. If we're talking about natural birth, but it's so interesting because just like in the natural, in the spiritual, it's often a lot, it's, it's easy to conceive. Mm. It's easy to conceive. I, you just hit on something. I believe that God gives everyone 
if you're aligned with him, he gives us multiple great ideas. He gives us multiple. Why? Because look, in beginning, God created. I would argue that God was the very first creator and the most creative person ever to exist in the universe, period. Well, right now, still right. creating. Still, right. Like he created the heavens and the earth. He created us. Like, I don't care who you are or how creative you are. Yeah. Mimic that. So, you know, it's, it's humbling, but it is interesting because I do think God always is dropping, you know, vision to me. I'm conceiving of ideas all the time as a creative person, but you are right. There is a step in the development process. I think where you start developing out what you've been given, right? What you've conceived of as the idea, the project, the, the, the birth, the child. Listen, it's easy to make a baby. Everybody knows there's, you know, there's only one way to make a baby. So two seconds. <laughs> two seconds to make a baby. But when if you start, if you actually look at what it takes to develop that child and to and to labor through that child transitioning into the uh, you know a healthy, productive, loving, kind, godly adult, then a lot of people should stop making babies. Right. There's you know? a serious cost involved. And like like we're talking right now about just like pushing the baby out. When you think about like in light of like, you know, the next 18 years, pushing the baby out is the easiest part. Oh my God. When you think about parenting and guiding and leading like, or even just that first two years of you don't, you don't get to, mom, mom becomes last on the list. You are literally slave. You are literally a slave in the most beautiful way to this child because they depend on you to eat, to sleep, to be protected, everything about it. It's like, it, there is a huge cost that comes within this. And I think, you know, even, even within like the American dream, I want to be America's next this and that, and I want the fame and I want the glory. And I, of course, I'm going to do it all for Jesus. No, like there is some serious cost that goes into that. And I think whether you do it with the Lord or you don't do it with the Lord, there is a huge cost involved. And, um, and I don't think people consider that either. No, the cost afterwards, there's a lifelong, I think, cost. Yes, the the exchange is beautiful and there's fullness and there's satisfaction and there's partnership, you know, but, but there is something that it's not like we pay for things, but there is a natural cost involved of like our humility, our, our, um, our own rights that we lay down that are serving others. You know what I'm saying? Like dying to our own dreams or allowing the Lord to refashion or reform that first idea that we had, you know, right. it's all painful. And, and, and waiting. Yes. I mean, waiting is like roaming around the wilderness waiting, mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't have a clear vision of where you're going, it just feels like you're roaming around the wilderness and that's not fun. No. So, you, you know, there, there's, <laughs> there are these, these things that, you know, the stages of giving birth to a vision, a dream, a, a career, a company, a, a person, right, that are required. You know, I think about one of the main essential things that's always required for me to really, in the development stage, right, to really decide, okay, I've conceived of the idea. Now I'm here developing the idea. I'm workshopping it in my brain. I start to talk about it with with, you know, you and I talk about stuff. Um, Anna and I talk about stuff. And I, I, 
I start, that's how I'm in the development process. Okay. Okay. What does this mean? You start feeling it out because it's counting the cost, you know? Okay. So am I willing, because I'm mature enough in my walk to know that anything I conceive of develop and go forward with is gonna involve travail Mm -hmm. before I get to transition. (laughs) I know there's going to be labor, hard work, and that's, and you're, Christina, usually when you start, when you think, you know, you think ahead, I think a lot of Christians stop. We get deterred and we say, yeah, maybe not. That's where in the development stage, you have to really hear from the Lord. You have to really know that where you're going, no matter how much work, you're supposed to go there. And that's where you hold on to him because he's got to take you through. He's the only thing that can take you through. And one of the practical things it requires, which I realize is, you know, when you're in transition in the natural birth process, right? You're in labor and you know that it's really difficult. (laughs) Your birth canal is about to open up and you're about to permit the baby to be born, right? Well, you don't do that in public. No, you're, 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 you're hidden, right? So, when you go into labor, you don't say, I need, wait, okay, I, I'm going to take these birth pains and I got to go to the market. I have to go over to my, you know, my sister's house and I need to have a dinner party. Right. No, you go in, you go private. The only one with you is probably, you know, your child's parent, the, co- the other parent, your husband, um, the doctor, maybe in the delivery room. Your your circle gets really small now. Mm-hmm. The only people, and this is, you got to hear me, you guys watching. This is a word for someone. The only people that should be in your circle when you are at the point going from all your travail and your hard work to birth, that circle needs to be really tiny. The only people there are the people that are supporting you in now catching the child as you push it into the world. Mm. That's it. They are the people that understand exactly the point of intense pain and delivery that you're at. That's the only people you want around you. Those are the people that will speak life. They're going to encourage you. They're going to cheer you on. They're going to say, go push, Christina, push, push, push. They're going to keep, they're going to tell you that you can do it. Mm-hmm. These are not the haters and the naysayers and the hangers oners and the leeches and the fans and the groupies. No, these are the nitty gritty people. Those are who you need to have around you in the delivery room. And just like you go really private, it's the same, it's the same spiritually. Oh, it really is. Like I, you really hit that. I mean, just, I've never actually heard anyone say that because I'm going through that right now of just, I'm not even trying to, but it is like my circle has gotten so small and it's not like an isolation thing and it's not like a rejection thing, but it's just naturally with where I'm at, with where the Lord has me, I have like a handful of close friends who know where I'm at. That's it. Like I'm not even with social media. I'm, I'm just, I felt like I needed to be like when you sent that text, being in this private place alone with the Lord and with just the few who are going to support you. Like I, I've never heard anyone say that though. You know, I've never heard anyone say you need to get small. You need to get private. You need to be in the secret place. Like, so I, what you're saying right now, I'm experiencing for the first time, you know, in my life where it's like, wow, it's not that all these other people are even bad. 
it's like who are the ones that you like who have been along with you on the journey who understand who 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 you can entrust with your right. child right. you know what i mean in that most precious like intimate moment and and i think it's really important to because you need to maintain almost like um like like a safe place it has to be safe it has to be pure things have healthy. to be sterile yes and healthy like like you don't want, like I'm just saying, you don't want a ton of people telling you what you need to be doing at that moment. No, because you're not listening to them anyway. You're screaming and pushing. And 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 the only, you know, look, the only new person might be, you know, the doctor right. who came in specifically for the purpose of your birth. Right. And you know, you know. And and it's 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 like you've got to be still and know that he is the God of your travail, the God mm-hmm. of your vision, the God of your birth. You've got to. And I, I really believe that in that, you got to remain focused and concentrated on what God says, what his promises right. are, right? right? What his prophecies right. are. And and it's it's just like the mother who hides herself. You know, if you're in travail spiritually, you know, you're laboring spiritually, you got to get alone with God at a lot of moments and you have to prepare yourself to receive the vision from God for your life and for your ministry. And, and, and it's, you know, uh, we have a comment from Salumbra. Great question. What happens while waiting in the labor pains? You, you don't hear from God, but you're trusting and believing this too shall pass. Give up question mark, keep going, wait it out. Scary place for me to be. Salumbra, it's a scary place for all of us to be, for sure. Like, I don't, I'll tell you something. God's answer sometimes, it doesn't sound like, at least for me personally, Salumbra, I can share this with you. It doesn't sound like, let me just say it hasn't sounded like, because for the last 48 hours, I have been in a place of, um, I think, Knowing at the beginning of the year that there were transition and change were coming and, oh, it's so great. It's beautiful. It's January 1. We, yes, it's a new year, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, okay, great. Now we're ready to jump into what it's going to be. And you go, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, I thought new year, new birth, right? But now you need to understand, now we're going to go through the new travail, the new labor, the new hard part. And you're like, I'm going, oh my goodness. And in the last, you know, 24 hours, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I literally, I have, I'm so blessed to have people in my life I can vent to because I have vented. There's some folks dead right now in the spirit. They don't even know it. I've killed them, I've slain them and repented of it. And, you know, and it's funny because I believe Salumbra that, I don't often get the answer where God says, okay, here's the answer. What he shows me as I'm waiting for him and trusting him that whatever I'm going through will pass. I make the transition to knowing and believing and just resting in that whatever I'm going through will not just pass, but will be okay as it passes. We'll be okay when it passes. We'll be blessed because I passed through it. And so I, I shift myself to knowing what I know that he's real and that 
he's always loved me before Mm -hmm. and he's a much better parent than I've ever been. So he's not going to be so mad at me that he doesn't speak to me for three days because he's got to get over being butt sore. He's not us. He's not a man. That's right. Right. He's God. He's different Mm -hmm. than we are. And so the way he speaks to you, Salombra, might be to just drop a new vision into your spirit. You may be conceiving of something right now or something that you didn't even realize was an idea from the Lord for the rest of your life or at least the next season of your life. And I believe that I believe that when God does something, at least with me and and with a lot of people I know, when he drops something in me, when I conceive of something and I'm developing something, the only thing that makes the travail and the labor easier is if the 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 vision that I was impregnated with and developed is worth it. And the, and, and the only thing that usually makes things worth it is other people. If I know that in a way I'm going to be used to impact other people, even as I myself am being, you know, blessed to achieve something, then it makes the travail worth it because only that which we do for the kingdom of God lasts eternally. Although I, I although I did want to burn down the kingdom of God yesterday because I figured if I just burned it down, I wouldn't have to be hurt by it anymore. But that's the travail of it all. You know, God's kids hurt each other constantly. They're thoughtless, they're careless, they're reckless. They're immature in their faith. They're at different places in their faith. We, we all are. And it's just real. That is what it is. And we've got to get over. And I say this to myself too. We've got to get over expecting our brothers and sisters in Christ to be what the Bible says. We can hope in them for, to be what the Bible says. We can pray for them to be what the Bible says we should be. Just like I hope and I pray that people pray and hope for me to be and to walk out life the way the Bible says I should, because I want to be that. I want to be that person who does what Jesus would do, you know? So I I don't think, no, you don't give up. That's, that's the answer to that part of your question. Salombra. No, you don't get, give up. You, you, you keep crying out to him. You wait, you keep telling him, I need an answer from you, Lord. And I, and, and I, I, I don't know what it looks like or sounds like, but I need, I need, to know that it's you speaking. And, and I know that you know this, I know, cause you're very mature in your faith and, and it is a scary place to be. But even yesterday I told God, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, I, you've got me out here in the middle of an ocean making choices for you and your kingdom. And then you want, you know, to change the boat or the storm has come, or I need an oar, you know, and a paddle and, you know, one of the things we, we struggle with all the time in my ministry is, and I know you're going to get this too, Christina, is people don't really give. They don't really give, you know, and that's a real threat, you know, to, for example, my sessions TV program staying on the air at TBN because TBN wants money. And whether I think that's right or wrong, they do. So, they have their business to run. They have their airtime to, to, to pay for. Their airtime is valuable. And I believe that freely I've received, so freely I give. But I don't live in a world and move in an, in a, in an environment where 
freely I've received, so freely I give. It's not like that, you know, and I've been blessed in that, you know, where I've received a lot, you know, in ministry from other people who have business challenges, you know, and, and so we're at a crossroads where we're really trying to decide some things, you know, Hmm. Do you pay for airtime? And, uh, you know, on the biggest Christian network channel in the world that really launched me into ministry. I'm grateful to them eternally for that, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, there's a, I, I think about ministries all around the world and, and the lack of financial support. I think about people like you and Nova and Christina Boudreaux and, you know, your girl club regulars who like show up, we show up for you guys. And it's travail sometimes, you know, I think, I think that we're in a real process of, of labor to birth something. I don't even know sometimes Christina, like I know we're birthing something. I can kind of see the baby we're birthing, but what you don't see is how the birth is going to go. You know, when you go into a delivery room to give birth to a child, you don't know if you're going to have to have a C-section so that the child is cut out of your stomach with a doctor's assistance. You don't know if you're going to be able to go through natural childbirth like you did and like I did. You just don't know. You don't know if you're going to be like my mom and give birth to your first baby and be able to pop out five more. No problem. You don't know. So... This whole concept is really deep to me because, because it's about the life or the death of a whole lot of dreams that are out there. Yeah. Which is very painful. And like, it's scary. It totally is scary. Slumber. I want to just kind of speak to that of just what you're asking, like give up or keep going or what it's scary. It's painful. It totally is. Um, But something that someone said to me, you know, just like a few weeks ago really helped me. Cause I mean, I've been in, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of the season, you know, right now that a lot of people are going through, but kind of to the point where I was just like crying so hard that I had to just like stop because I couldn't take it anymore. And I was just like, dude, where are you? Like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> you know, what is I've given up my entire life for you. Where are you? Well- all yes, I've given it up, but I'm also like, but I don't want anything right. either. You know, it's it's it could kind of get to this point where like I've gone, I've come too far now. I can't go back, nor would I want to. You know, but something that someone said to me, you know, she was just encouraging me because she had been through a similar season. She was like, she's talking about this. I, I just love the imagery of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. So I'm just going to explain it really quick. So I didn't really, you know, you have a, a general idea from science class when you're in the second grade, but you don't know the true extent of it, you know? And she was just talking about how like a caterpillar is a consumer. It does nothing but destroy and consume and eat. And its territory is incredibly small. You know, then at, then when the time, time comes, it gets wrapped up in a little chrysalis and it starts basically dissolving itself and eating itself. It sounds really morbid, but as it's going through this change, there are a few things that don't completely die, like its vital organs. And there's these little cells called imaginal cells. God is so cool. Imaginal cells. I think imagination anyways, but these imaginal cells basically hold the DNA for, for the, for it holds the butterfly DNA. 
for it to become this butterfly. So all its vital organs, heart, brain, I don't know, whatever the vital organs are, and then these imaginal cells. And then so as it basically the, the, the bodily form of the caterpillar dies and is actually what sustains this creature to start changing and transforming then it then it becomes this beautiful butterfly but what does the butterfly like symbolize like it goes from having a very small territory to there are some butterflies that that travel cross country to pollinate they're pollinators they're massive contributors to the ecosystem our ecosystem would not survive without them pollinating not only that but cross pollination so you see how like that the transformation of death, it's not all death. You hold on to these things and, you know, these imaginal cells. And it is kind of like, um, you know, that that's what's to come, you know. And sometimes we don't have so we don't have a clear idea of what does it really look like. And my friend was just telling me, she's like, she's like, imagine that these imaginal cells are, are the incorrupt things in your life your love and your dedication to Jesus, your the, the things in your life that have not been corrupted by the world hold on to those things and those things will be what what kind of like will be the dna on which the transformation is upon does that make sense so that really really stuck out to me because like i would even like encourage you salombra like take inventory of your life right now like what can you let go of what do you need to hold on to as you're kind of moving into this new season this new place you know like I think that's really important. Like, I don't want to be holding, like recently, to be completely honest, the Lord has been revealing to me that I still have so much selfish ambition. So these big dreams that I had that I've completely died, feel like they've died or are in their developmental stage. I realize that I don't want selfish ambition. I see it all around me. And I, I realize my, I've been my eyes have been open that I still have that in me. I cannot take that into the next stage with me. I can't. I have to cling to humility. I have to cling to like, what is the will of the Lord? Like, what does he value? That has to be what, that has to be the bedrock of which this transformation is built upon, you know? And something else that really helped me was, I guess, Bill Johnson said, kind of defined um, hope, clinging to hope. We are people of hope, but hope Yes, it, it isn't just wishful thinking, but it is actually, you know, having um, joyful expectation of something good to come. And that makes sense when you think about the nature of your father, the nature of your shepherd, the one who's leading this whole process. We can be expecting because he always moves. He always comes through and he's always good, you know, and 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 that isn't to say that right now in a hard season, you have to have your hope has to be perfect. Well, I'm believing for the greatness because that's honestly not how it feels. Sometimes I'm just like, I just want this to be over. Kill me now, please. I Let me just die. Like not physically, but yes, but my ego, kill my ego now because I just want this to be over. That's, that's, that's the amount of hope that I have just to get through it. You know, so it isn't about being perfect within your theology and understanding God, but knowing Hold, clinging to the fact that God is so good. It isn't just that this too shall pass. No, there's something so wonderful on the other side of this that will make it all worth it. Your child, my children are my greatest joy. Literally, I have given so much to them. And like out of all of the great cool things I've done in my life, they are my greatest joy. They are literally like my trophy. Look, look, look what I've labored for. Literally, 
yeah. within my physical labor and then in the spirit now, even as they're growing and maturing and going through their own ups and downs, like it is so worth it yeah. to do that, you know, and, and God's leadership is so perfect. Like he knows, like he wants to give us all things, but are we capable? Are we, do we have the character or are, are we able to have that fame so that we don't literally fall off the cliff or, or, you know, become power hungry to take over the next country. Or I mean, we are all, we are all able, we have the propensity to do that. Yeah. But he's, he cares so much yeah. for us to have that purity and that, and that humility in order to like really partner with them where we don't get destroyed, you know? So there's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to hype myself up. It's going to be worth it. There's, I'm getting, there's so much joy. In it. And even now, when you, when you're scared, when you feel like you're not hearing him, I promise you, he's speaking you to you in ways that you just are not able to hear yet. Like, like Cynthia was saying earlier, be still, be quiet, be calm, go before him, be honest about how you feel and don't even need to have an answer. Just let it out. And I promise you, he will speak and you will hear it. You know, so often as Christians, we were like, especially mature ones, we're thinking, I need to have an answer because I'm mature. I've been through stuff like this, right? I need to know. But sometimes it's not about knowing. It's about just feeling and being with him. And that's all he asks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, Christina. This is such a, this was such a needed conversation, you know, obviously for you and I, hopefully for all of you watching, but you know, everything within you might be crying out for relief, right? From from the spiritual birth pangs of whatever it is that God's bringing forth in you. But you've got to understand that on the other side of it, there's joy. Right. You, I mean, you just nailed it. There's joy. You know, that the John 16, 21, um, I believe it is. I don't know if you have that one loaded, Anna, but if you, what, as soon as you do pop it on screen, uh, which it's so beautiful. It says a woman when she's in travail has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has is delivered, but as soon as she's delivered the child, right? She re, she doesn't remember any longer the anguish, the pain, the struggle, the travail. For joy that her child is born into the world is overshadowing that, is overcoming that. And you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, for everything I went through giving birth to my son, um, and it was, I mean, I was going through stuff on a lot of different levels because my son is a part of my testimony. And again, prodigal daughter, a journey home to identity. If you read my book, it's all in there. But he, for everything I was going through, and we talked about how horrible the labor was, how hard, how difficult, I haven't forgotten the pain, but I would do it all over again for him. Now that I have known this child and been a part of this child's life and journey, I would do it all over again all of it. And I think for a lot of you, you know, who have birthed companies or are birthing companies or who are, have pushed projects into the world or promotions into the world, whatever it is, once you're in the success of it and you're in the, oh, it's now it's here of it, you would probably go back and do it all over again. Why? Because then you would know, you know, you'd know, oh, I know what the result is. I'm going through it. Give me, give me the boots. It's time to jump in the water. Our issue is that we actually don't believe 
what's on the other. We don't believe that what's coming is great. We don't believe that the child to be born is going to be everything to us. And the only way that you can know and have faith in that is to get alone with God constantly while you're in travail, while you're laboring through this. Get alone with him constantly and ask him, okay, God, this is your company. This is your project. This is your vision, right? Uh, like I, it's you gave it to me and I'm doing it, but you got to really let me know that I'm doing the right thing. Some days you may even need to say, God, I lay it down. If you don't want me doing this anymore, I'm done. I'm out. I only want what makes you happy. He'll resurrect it. He'll resurrect it if he's supposed to. He's resurrected my dreams so many times. I've laid them down so many times because if I'm struggling with something, you know, which is, this is natural, right? If you're struggling and you're travailing and laboring, you, you kind of have that moment where you go, uh, am I supposed to be doing this? Cause shouldn't it be easy? Well, right. Like, and there are easy moments in it, but I think right at the hour of your birth, it's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not easy. You've got to push in, push, push, push. You've got to. You've got to push. What does the doctor say as he's cheering you on in the delivery room? Push. Or the baby's not going to get here. Push. And that is a word for someone today. And yes, I love the, the uh, what do you call it? The, the I forget what you call it, a uh, moniker or whatever for push. Pray until something happens. But, but no, but that's true. Pray until something happens for sure. But you also have to push in the natural. You got to pray until something happens in the spiritual and push in the natural. And, 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 and I know this sounds kind of conflicting, but you have to push and let go. Mm. You got to push and let go. You don't ever want to hold on so tightly that you can't let go to God. Cause as you push, God's the one guiding the, 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 the head. <laughs> He's the doctor. He's the surgeon. He's the one helping to make sure the baby comes out correctly. He's the one who's going to say it's time for a cesarean or he's the one who's going to say she needs more water or she needs this or she needs that. Like there's this really deep process, you know, that I've always connected to childbirth in birthing a vision, a ministry, a life, a career, a job, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like a, and I think the biggest thing is it's all about relationship too. So we're not meant to do it on our own, you know, so you can, you can be confident in that, that you are absolutely not alone in the process and that there are many, like many women experience the experience of, of birth, you know, and just knowing that it's been done and you will, you won't, you will not be consumed by it. That, yeah. That fellowship fellowship with people who've been through what you've gone through. That's so, you're right. That's so true. I mean, you said it today, talking about your own childbirth experience, and it gave me that little smile of affirmation that what I went through was not horrible and unique and weird and strange. And no, I think a lot of moms who struggled with postpartum depression, they isolate, you know, uh, Diana, who was a part of girl club early on, um, she still watches online, but we got to get Diana in sometime to share with us her journey because through postpartum depression, she thought she was the only one in the world who ever felt that way. 
I'm the only mom who feels this way. So what does the enemy do there? Shame, guilt, darkness, right? Isolation, all of the above. When in reality, there's moms all over the world who had and experienced that. And Mm -hmm. they, and all of us just need to know that we're not alone in what we're going through or what we've gone through. Our struggle's not unique. That's what, that's really it. Our labor is not unique. You know, yeah, it's part of it. Right. I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, am I just, do I, am I like depressed? Am I just like, have I become, have I sunk into, given into depression? And after talking yeah. through like to some friends who were, it really was spirit led. It wasn't like, I was like tweeting like, oh my gosh, this, 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 that. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about. Like gathering like community or anything, but the Lord will lead you to the right people. Cause it is like we said in the beginning, it's a very intimate process. Like mm. It isn't to be shared with Joe Schmone across the street. You know what I'm saying? Like the Lord will, I mean, he has brought people into my life who were safe. I don't have a ton of history with, but who had the experience to go, you're not crazy. Keep going. I mean, and they could express their excitement. I'm excited for you. Not not because of the pain that you're going in going through right now because of what's on the other side. Like I'm actually genuinely excited for you. So like, like it's, what's the saying? Get along with the Lord. Keep asking. He provides in every way possible of what you need. Like everything that you need to get through your journey, he has given to you and he will give to you. Yeah. So, and if you don't have like-minded people around you, that small circle in your delivery room, in your, in your labor, because it's called labor and delivery. Travail and delivery, travail and transition, right? I like the word delivery even better. So, you know, if you don't have that core group in, in, in your in your labor and delivery room, the baby may get here damaged. The baby may be delayed. The baby may not get here at all. So that is a word for someone. And I, I feel like before we go today, we should just both close in prayer. And um, Salumbra... You and I, it's so funny, you know, yes, a a part of your journey is you mentioned moving your house. You know, I sold my house the other day here in LA at a hotel and staying at a hotel with my son. And I just, I understand how deep the selling of a house, you know? Um, So, so I am waiting to hear from God if I should stay here in LA where I have been for over 40 years or move home with family. I understand this that you are going through. It's so deep. I, I know. As I sit here amidst moving boxes and movers for the last three weeks, pretty much, going through boxes of things and and really realizing how useless so many of the things I put my time and my effort and my money into have been. And, and then finding the things, picking the things that are valuable to me today You want to know what's really interesting? What I keep picking time after time are the ideas that I wrote down that God birthed in me so many years ago. I keep picking them up. I keep saving them. I keep holding on to them. And even that right now is speaking something to me. Out of all of the the mess in a box of things that other people might go, oh, you should save that marble vase or that this. I go to a box where I pick up a pile of like ideas or scripts that I've written Mm. because the creative things that God has given me 
means so much to me. I, that's really deep. I think I just had my own personal revelation right here in front of everyone. And if I think too much about this, I'm going to start crying. Salumbra, he is going to show you. He's going to speak it. He's going to show you. He'll guide. He'll lead. But I, whatever it is, it's going to be good. And it's a new chapter. So I just, let's lift, let's just start by lifting Salumbra up as we close today. Lord, I, I, we just lift our sister up. I know that Salumbra has been a good and faithful servant to you these many, many years. And I ask, Father, that you would, in fact, speak to her. That you would give her the answers that she's seeking. That you would show her, Lord, even if it's through an experience or an exchange of dialogue or something you drop in her spirit as she's driving today. Show her what she should do if she should stay here in LA or move home with family. She's very specific about what she's asking, Lord, it seems. So I'm asking you, Father, to be specific with her. And sometimes, Lord, your answer is just, yeah, you're going to do that, but not yet. Or yes, you're going to do this, but not now. And I ask that you would clarify this with her, Lord, so that she knows that she knows that she knows that the the answer has been conceived and developed with you and that her labor and delivery are going to be completely supported by you. Lord, I ask for everyone watching today that you would truly hold their hands on the stages of their spiritual vision and birth, that you would encourage them that as you give us new dreams for new seasons and new ideas for new seasons, that you would be in the development process, giving us the faith to continue forward, knowing that everything requires hard work. Everything is painful. Everything is never as big a high as sometimes the lows are. Help us to, to completely remove ourselves from that secular way of being emotionally Help us to die to our flesh, Lord, and to move only with you and your spirit. Help us, Father, to, to just not hold on to our own desires, but to open our minds up to yours, knowing that you know the desires of our heart and trusting that in dying to our own desires and being open to what you've created for us, you're going to also take care of us and our little girl hopes and dreams and our little boy hopes and dreams. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we just ask, I ask you to intervene in today. Speak to us all loudly. In today, tonight, wherever we are in the world, Lord, I ask that you would grab hold of us and that this weekend would be a weekend of breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was awesome. Well, that was good. That was good. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for being with us here on Girl Club. I pray, um, we'll pray continually for you throughout this week that you're all blessed, that anyone who tunes in is blessed. And um, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to check us out on our individual websites. You can find out everything you want to find out about Girl Club and about um, everything that Cynthia Garrett Ministries is doing at Cynthia Garrett. Well, CynthiaGarrett.org forward slash girl club is a part of CynthiaGarrett.org. 
where you can find out everything you need to find out. And if you're a viewer in London, um, especially if you're if you enjoy the sessions on TVN, where oddly enough, it's Christina and I <laughs> most of the time, then um, please consider partnering with us. We need you guys to go and flood the donation page right now because um, if we're going to stay on with that series, then we've got it. We've got it. We've got to pay the piper. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and thank you so much for being a part of Girl Club. We'll see you next week. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.